Support for Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom is brought to you by Manscaped. Thanks to listener participation over the last several months, Manscaped has been kind enough to sponsor the podcast. As long as people continue using our promo code SUNNYINKC to get 20% off their entire orders. So thanks to everyone who's helped us out so far. Uh, this is incredible. Check out this suggested intro for the ad read. With live sports being back, it's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. So our partners at Manscaped want to make sure your Nuggets are safe as possible when they meet the Clippers. Ah, what wordplay, that's great. But for real, it's been amazing to be partners with them. I've been super impressed with their products. Per their ad copy, Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their lawnmower trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slash-tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code SUNNYINKC at manscaped.com and take your grooming game to the next level. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Well, Austin's internet sucks. So uh, Mr. Sam Hayes, you're making your third appearance on the show and you are the only other voice that we have heard on It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom besides for Austin and myself. Figured it was time we uh, get to know a little bit more about you. We know each other in a, I guess I would call it a semi-professional setting as Chiefs fans and SI writers, but what's something about you that is either really important to you or just something non-sports related that I and the listeners should know about you? I'd say something that I've always been uh, into outside of the sports world, because sports, I've always been into that. But something else that I've always uh, really been into is uh, severe weather. I, nice. I, am a, I, I am a huge tornado person. I have spent dozens of hours watching YouTube videos of tornadoes and Neat. just all sorts of stuff. I, anytime there's a, a, a slight threat of a tornado in the area, I have my eyes glued to uh, the forecast and all that good stuff. I, I love tornadoes. So obviously, you know, Mike Trout, baseball superstar, super, mm-hmm. super into weather. People always tweet him weather stuff. He's always talked about that's like his one that that's just a very similar um, story that I've heard is that he's real into weather. Where where do you feel like that came from? Like, were you just a kid and you were like, oh, my God, these these storms are so cool. I got to watch more like. Like, was there a was there a big storm that you were in when you were little? Do you think maybe that triggered something like a superhero origin story? <laughs> well, I, I, su- I suppose that I suppose that might actually be the case. because I Unfortunately for me, I have never seen a tornado. And I, I've told I don't so know if I call that unfortunately, maybe for you. No, no, you're no it's, okay. It's, it's, okay. it's very unfortunate. <laughs> I, I've always talked to many people around me saying I want to see a tornado so bad. I. I'll I'll go to the verge of chasing it if I need to. Neat. I I I don't care. But uh yeah, I'd say something that is interesting is there was the infamous May 3rd, 1999 tornado uh that struck Moore, Oklahoma and then went up in uh Hayesville, which is pretty close to Wichita. And uh apparently I I was I was four, I was like four I was five or six days old, something like that Jeez. when that happened. And I guess we were in our basement for that. So maybe, maybe <laughs> that's, that's your origin story. There you go. That's, that's one of the most uh, infamous destructive tornadoes of all time. And I was a few days old and Hey, I guess that's part of it. Very cool. Well, speaking of destructive storms, we are going to spend the next hour talking about the Kansas city chiefs. 
Welcome in to It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom, everyone. I am Taylor. You heard from my guest host today. That's Sam Hayes. You can find him on Twitter at Wichita Chief Sam and PFF under Chiefs, or like me, writing for Sports Illustrated at SI Chiefs or SI.com slash NFL slash Chiefs. Sam, thanks for pitching in for Austin today. Good to be here. So, as I said, we're missing Austin this week. He's dealing with all this craziness, pretty much as much craziness as life can throw at him right now. He's got Tons of new court responsibilities at work. He's got a new puppy. Uh, he's a new homeowner this week, and his internet in his new home isn't working right now. So, you know, joys of homeownership there. So, in swoops the only other person to ever be heard on this podcast. And Sam and I have a great show for you this week. We're going to spend plenty of time basking over the incredible beatdown that the Chiefs handed to the Ravens on Monday night. We will also talk about a little bit of the news that came after that, both on the injury front and on the childbearing front. And then we will finish with our Patriots preview. So Austin wanted me to reiterate that he's bummed he couldn't drop a bunch of hot take bombs all over the place on this episode and that uh, we're going to you know, hit some mailbags next week and stuff like that. So if you're one of our birds of war waiting on any of your questions, hang in with us for one more week. Sam, so let's start with this. Is your full name Samuel? Yes. Okay, so... Would your mother be upset if people called you Sam instead of Samuel or vice versa or any of that? No, yeah, I'm sure. no. I, I, I've always just gone by Sam. You've always gone by Sam. No one calls you Samuel in your life? Not really, no. Interesting. Nice. So uh, Patrick Mahomes' mother, obviously, Randy Mahomes, was uh, tweeting during Monday Night Football, and she did not like that Lewis Riddick kept calling Patrick Pat. Now, one thing I will say in Lewis's defense is that Many, 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 many people refer to him as Pat Mahomes. That's very ubiquitous. But I think she's maybe trying to get the the momentum changed for people to start calling her Pat, calling him Patrick. Yeah, I I call him both. I don't care. <laughs> I'm trying to switch to Patrick. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I call him Pat all the time uh, when I'm when I'm watching games or whatever. And then yeah, if I'm talking about him, sometimes I'll go with the Patrick Levon Mahomes second. <laughs> Because who doesn't do that right (laughs) Love dropping the LeVon, absolutely. So let's get into it. Um, The Chiefs defeated the Ravens on Monday night 34-20, to same exact score as the opening night game against the Texans. But obviously with everything that was at stake here, um, this 34-20 to felt much different than the previous 34-20. to I just want to run through some of our observations. My first observation here is actually going to go, we're going to talk about Mr. Patrick LeVon Mahomes II here, plenty coming up, but I first want to talk about the defense. They were absolutely phenomenal. They had four sacks on Lamar, including shutting him down to only 97 yards passing. The Ravens were only three of nine on third down. It was a defensive showing against one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. Yeah, I I was uh, pretty happy with how the defense looked. Uh, It seemed like they did a better job covering and and they definitely did a better job with the tackling, even though there were still some missed tackles. They still had it at just seven, so that was much <laughs> Not lower. bad for that Ravens offense, man. They're, yeah. They are a hard team to tackle. They had 14 and 15 in the previous two games. Oof. So to cut, the, to, to cut that in half will uh, we'll do. That will definitely do. Especially against harder talent. I mean, that's a, yes. that's a great performance. Yes. I, w- I would like it to be a couple less than that still, but <laughs> seven, seven will do. Seven will do. Chris Jones uh, had a couple huge plays, of course. Tyron Matthew. The, yeah, the Ravens were not trying to play with Tyron Matthew at all. No, they didn't seem to throw his way very much at all, did they? Frank Frank had a, a few pressures. Taco had a few pressures. 
I think Frank picked up a sack late, if I remember correct. Frank did have a sack, yep. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Chris Jones having two sacks, two forced fumbles. Mm. <laughs> just just a dominant game for Chris Jones. Which is great to see. You know, the Chiefs extend him, and he's obviously been one of the most dominant interior linemen outside of Aaron Donald in the NFL. And you just kind of wonder sometimes, you know, you can't really hit home runs on every mega extension. You can sure try, but um, with a guy like Jones, you just kind of – I, I like to see that um, he's still now three games into the year. He shows that superstar quality that hopefully is going to be sticking around here for you know a long time to come. He looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And uh, a, a good sign for the whole Chris Jones thing, he does now have a higher PFF passer, uh, pass rush grade than Aaron Donald. He is number one among <sighs> defensive interiors. He's tied for number one in sacks with, with Akeem Hicks who has almost 20 more pass rush snaps than him. He has two forced fumbles. No one else has more than one in, nice. in terms of defensive interior guys. So uh, v- very nice uh, for Chris Jones. And that's not a drop-off for Donald. He had a dominant game against the Cowboys, I remember. I mean, he's had a pretty yes. good start to the year himself. Yeah, Do- Donald has done what Donald's done, and that's why he's the greatest defensive tackle of all time. And yep. he is well into contention for the greatest defensive player of all time one day but chris jones awesome to see chris doing what he's doing and he is right there with donald still yep and some other you know just kind of um notable defensive performances i thought tedrick thompson looked pretty good um he had a really big third down smack on hollywood brown late in the game when the ravens were still trying to claw their way back into it um that's kind of a guy that i didn't really um know much or expect much out of him but uh at the safety position you know the the chiefs are very deep and athletic at safety that is a good situation they have there yeah absolutely seahawks fans are uh pretty harsh on tedrick really Uh, i i've i've seen it for a while uh well before he signed even because seahawks twitter is the best twitter on on twitter yes they Uh, are shout out nfl teams Ben Baldwin and all the guys, Nick, uh, who is known as Seahawks nerd, all those guys uh, at Seahawks Twitter are just fantastic. So Tedrick got three years in Seattle. What happened there? He definitely had his issues. Like he, he had some posi- like uh, he gave up some touchdowns. Uh, he had uh, some issues in terms of his like positioning. Sometimes he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he, he got criticized heavily by a lot of Seahawks film people, rightfully so, I think. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, he's still a talented guy, and he, he put on a pretty good hit there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am still cautious about some of the safety play. <laughs> like who? Like Sorensen? Yeah, Sorensen sometimes. he's just, he, he missed two tackles in the game. It's like, yeah. Daniel, please. Yeah, I mean, Tyron's looked good. Thornhill's kind of been up and down. He's, yeah. uh, you know, he kind of looked like he was getting his – game speed back uh it's certainly the first week i did i did like how thornhill played in yeah. uh in, against baltimore i did like how thornhill played in that game but uh especially when like matthew's in the slot because matthew is in the slot a lot yeah that forces them to play Sorensen or tedrick thompson yeah and uh yeah that that has some mixed results of course but when matthew's playing in the box and or playing wherever he wants to uh, yeah, the, the safety the safeties are just fine for just sure. Playing center field out there, yeah. But of course that that uh that can hurt the corner group 
as well. And especially now with the injury to Legereus Sneed. Yes. So we are definitely going to be talking a lot about this corner group, um, both now and I'm sure before and after the Patriots game. It's it's uh, certainly the number one positional group on the team that is, you know, all, all eyes are on it. All the microscopes are on the cornerback group just based on number one, Bashad Breland's absence, which, um, you know, if it was a deeper room, that might not be as noticeable, but when your number one corner is gone for the first four games and then you lose Legereus Sneed to a broken collarbone and Charveris Ward breaks his hand. I mean, it's just, it, it's a, it was already a decently thin group and now they are, um, they're going to be piecing it together this week for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think that, uh, they'll hopefully be able to survive this game against new England, but we, we will see. Yes, we will. So then, so the defense looked great. They covered Lamar. Well, they, they bottled up the Ravens passing game. They really, you know, they showed up as much as this was a build, you know, the, the two best offenses in football or whatever you want to call it. The chiefs defense came out to play. Um, I really was pretty disappointed in Lamar and especially in his body language. I felt like, and I know I'm not a body language expert by any means, but I do feel like I watch enough teams where, you know, if a, if a team is down or if a team is struggling on offense, you can kind of tell on the pace and, and just the way that they um, are moving their offense. And I just felt like Lamar didn't seem like he was in a hurry or felt any urgency. He was kind of just, I, I don't know. I don't, I watch a lot of Lamar. I feel like he's probably, the Ravens are probably the team that, I watched the second most in the NFL when they're not playing the chiefs and he's normally just so electric and brings so much energy to that team. I don't think this is a, you know, like a permanent knock on him, but I did think in this game in particular, he looked defeated. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. There was a lot of, uh, there was some points in the game where it's like, he just doesn't have it tonight. Uh, yeah. he, he, he is a relatively good passer. He really sure. is. Yeah, he is. Uh, but yeah, this game was rough. Obviously, 97 yards passing is right. going to be a thing that everyone's going to look at, and rightfully so. What they also have to look at is five drops, uh, three sure. from three from Mark Andrews, and big ones. An absolute, just a terrible game for Mark Andrews, which is shocking because Mark Andrews, I have him above Zach Ertz for my sure. tight ends. Yeah, I'd say I probably have him third. I have Andrew. I have Andrews as the third best tight end in yeah, the league. Certainly. So that was a brutal showing for Mark Andrews. But yeah, uh, L- Lamar body language was not good. Ninety-seven passing yards, three point five <laughs> yards per attempt. Uh, four times getting sacked. Three of the sacks were placed on him for PFF. So his fault on three of those. Sacks. So I mean, yeah, he he. That was just really rough. I I did want to see more out of Lamar because I I root for Lamar. I like Lamar. Uh, uh-huh. he, he's fun to watch and. Outside, when, when, he, when he tried to drop back to pass, it was just yeah. not a good night for him. Well, and when on their opening drive, the Ravens, his very first play rips off a 30-yard run, and you just figure, you know, okay, like, you know, Lamar's here to play. He's going to run all over the Chiefs. I was very concerned as a Chiefs fan after watching that one play. But then the Ravens got down into Chiefs territory, and on fourth and three, they decide to kick a field goal from the five instead of – you know, moving the ball forward and trying to punch it in. And you just kind of wondered, or fourth and three from the eight, and you just kind of wondered if that was the right call by John Harbaugh, who's normally aggressive. And obviously the stats community loves fourth down conversion attempts. That's that's something that um, coaches are getting better at. They're still a little risk averse there. But when, when the Chiefs are on the other side of the ball, I just I just don't know how I could justify fourth and three from the eight not 
trying to, you know, because if you miss it, then they're still, the Chiefs are still way deep in their own territory if they take over the ball there. I did not like that call to start off the game by Harbaugh. That was a, that was a really rough decision from Harbaugh. Very uncharacteristic of him because, of course, last year they were by far the, the yeah. most aggressive team on fourth down. 17 out of 24 last year. So they were not only aggressive, yeah. but they were successful. Mm. Yeah, they they were a good fourth down team and an aggressive fourth down team. They went for it on well over sixty percent of the times that uh that teams or that that the New York Times uh, fourth down bot recommends them oh, to yeah. go for. Yeah, and good. no other team went for it even on fifty percent of the times. Now this year the Ravens are the sixth best or the sixth highest. Uh, now it's only three weeks, of course, but they're they're the sure. sixth highest so far, and the Chiefs are the third highest. Nice. So very, uh, very promising start to the year in terms of Andy Reid's aggressiveness, but unfortunately he hasn't quite reached Mike McCarthy's 100% go rate on fourth downs. Ooh, I like that a lot. So Mike McCarthy with so Dallas. So McCarthy just asking the bot every time? He's just got a phone over there and he's just typing it in and, and seeing what the bot says? Maybe so, but I, I'm very happy to see Mike McCarthy. I'm enjoying what he's doing. And then even Green Bay, the Green Bay is the second yeah. highest team. They're near, they're around like 80%. So I'm very happy to see a, a great increase in teams going for it on fourth down when they should. And I guess we could thank John Harbaugh for that, for yes. what he did last year. But this year, Harbaugh has not done it as much as last year when some other coaches like McCarthy and Reed are doing it much more than he did possibly some of that has to do with their game situations where their first two weeks and also sample size because it's only been three weeks but yeah right and they were you know they blew out the browns i mean they were um very comfortable against the texans for most of that game too so that might uh be a function of just kind of them being comfortable and i'm sure harbaugh will uh will dial it up there a little bit especially the ravens have to be feeling a little bit of urgency now based on their they're standing in the AFC based on knowing that the chiefs look like they're not going to lose for 20 more years. And the Ravens are now going to be, you know, in the the second slot at best. So they're going to, they're going to probably feel a little bit of heat there. The chiefs still left some points on the board as funny as that is to beat a team like the Ravens by two touchdowns. um, You know, Butker, who I don't know if he was, he would never admit this, but I don't know if he was a little nervous maybe in the matchup with Justin Tucker. A lot of people have been blowing sunshine up his butt about his, you know, big kicks in the previous week. And is he a better kicker than Tucker and all that? And he's talked about how he studies Tucker's kicks and how he, you know, wants to be like him and stuff. And I I just wonder if a little bit of that was nerves. We'll never know. Um, But so he missed, he left four points on the board. He missed a kick before halftime and an extra point. What'd you think of, uh, of Butker's, hiccup is it just a i mean he's obviously incredible no no worries there right yeah 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 but kerr uh he's had some, his his moments where he's missed uh some kicks yeah. that have been rough of course and yep. he's not justin tucker no there's no kicker who's ever nope. been justin, justin tucker, tucker's the go but uh but butker is probably the second or third best probably the second best but uh yeah i think butker's fine I don't think it was like maybe him a little versus, jitters? I don't think it was like him trying to compare himself to tucker because they're on the same field or whatever but uh i think that's just an easy narrative to come up with yeah yeah that's yeah that's an easy narrative to come up yeah. with uh, i think butker just uh just missed one just missed him how how it goes a guy that performed extremely well uh mccall hartman had his first you know kind of kind of breakout game of 2020 uh he came into this game with only three catches for 36 yards and no scores just it was an afterthought in the first two games really obviously he's been 
contributing on returns and stuff like that. But this was the first time where McCole Hardman, the receiver, had a big impact. He had four catches for 81 yards, the phenomenal 49-yard touchdown uh, towards the end of the half where he just absolutely dusted the Ravens secondary. There was a little bit of miscommunication there with Marcus Peters, who we will get to in a second. Um, as far as Hardman's place on this offense, obviously they drafted him to be a Tyreek Hill replacement of sorts. They, you know, Tyreek's status was up in the air when they picked him, but I, it's just so unfair to have a guy as fast as McCole Hardman, not even be the fastest wide receiver in the room. It, it's just, the chiefs are so loaded there. It's hilarious. Absolutely. And, and it's still incredible that he did all of that while still playing le- fewer snaps than Demarcus Robinson. Oh. Demar- Demarcus <laughs> Robinson had zero catches. Yeah. And McCole Hardman had 81 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Hardman played 29 snaps. Robinson played 41. Jeez. Uh, uh, so Hardman had 8.1 uh, EPA, expected mm-hmm. points added. 8.1? Uh, Demarcus Robinson had negative 0.6. Uh, <laughs> Eric Fisher, of course, had 0.9. Of course. Of course. Uh, so, and, Anthony Sherman, and Anthony Sherman had 2.7. Let's segue real quick into the playbook because that was something that, um, you know, the aggressiveness of the play calling in the first two weeks, for people that watched as much Chiefs football as a lot of Chiefs fans have, um, those first two weeks were a little on the vanilla side. There was not a lot of motion. There was not a, there was no trickery. I don't remember a single play where I didn't follow what was going on at all times. Um, I, I would imagine just based on the way that this game plan unfolded, that that was intentional, that they were, you know, that Andy was specifically saving a lot of wrinkles and stuff for this game. He obviously knew since the day the schedule came out that this would be a, a monumental game for the chiefs. Um, I, I was giddy watching some of those plays. I mean, they were just backyard football. They had the, they had the wildcat reverse where Pat lined up out what Patrick, Patrick <laughs> lined up out wide, <laughs> looped down and took the pitch and was through it to uh, Clyde for, uh, it was a, the, yeah. the, the underhand touchdown to Sherman was a thing of beauty. Obviously, like you said, the uh, little dump to Eric Fisher for a touchdown was just kind of icing on the cake at that point. Um, Boy, that offense was clicking, huh? Yeah, this was Andy Reid at its at his very best. The Chiefs early down pass frequency was well over seventy percent. Yep, uh, which is easily the uh, highest in the league this week. The only one who was in the same stratosphere was Dallas, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Andy Reid let Pat Mahomes cook. Look at Mike McCarthy though. My, Mike McCarthy, he's he's doing a nice job there. It's just you know, too bad he's 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 just run into some tough situations facing uh, cooking Russell Wilson. <laughs> you know, I I kind of had a little bit of a bias against him. I I still probably do. Um, yeah. I I think that a lot of Packers fans had blamed him for the team's failure to capture more than one Super Bowl uh, with Aaron Rodgers, and I think that I don't know if it's his demeanor or something but something about Mike McCarthy kind of screams like stubbornness he's just I don't know if it's because he's like a bigger dude and he's kind of like gruff or I I don't know what it is but it's just something about him and I'm always like I bet that guy doesn't know how to coach and I think he probably really does yeah uh something to uh to notice heading into this season which I I still have not forgotten and I'm not gonna forget (laughs) is Mike McCarthy talking about how much he was looking at analytics in his time off to assist him he was talking about 
spending time uh, at the PFF offices in Cincinnati. No way. Watching their watching the stuff with them, uh, listening to what they had to say. I'm sure That's he's fantastic. been. I'm sure he's been looking in at uh, looking at the 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 analytical stuff. Uh, Mike McCarthy is. Uh, he he has opened his eyes to uh, some newer stuff, and I think he's adapted to a more modern game and i think it's uh, really going to help dallas i don't know if it's going to get them like a super bowl or anything right. but it was part of uh why i said dallas was going to win the division mm-hmm. uh in our in our little preview prediction thing uh-huh. is that i said i think dallas is going to have a higher pass rate than philadelphia will and so far they absolutely have well and boy the Eagles. I mean, we won't spend too much time on them, but Carson Wentz has has completely fallen off the cliff. He is beyond washed. Oof. Carson yes. Wentz. Uh, I mean, one of the f- probably five worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Is that is that I, generous? Is it lower I, than that? I, it's lower than that. It's Ooh. worse than that. Uh, I I've defended Carson Wentz a lot, and I've yeah. always I, I've liked Carson Wentz since he got drafted. This. Uh, these first three games are indefensible and he yeah. really has to turn it around Multiple now. interceptions he, in each game. Yeah. He has been atrocious. Yep. He's got to turn it around now. Well, you know, let's shift gears from one of the worst quarterbacks in the league to the best that's ever graced God's green earth. And that the, is the best Mr. Patrick LaVon Mahomes. The second he was as good as he can be. He was 31 to 42, 385 yards, Four touchdowns, no interceptions, and he added four rushes for 26 yards and an additional touchdown. He's always been great since the day he arrived in Kansas City. But the the lights shine in the brightest against the game's other best team. It just it just brings something different out in him. It brings the Michael Jordan out in him. He was he was dialed in. This might have been the best game of Patrick Mahomes' career. It, it really might have been. It's right there with the the Houston game, the Tennessee game. Uh, the Pittsburgh game in his in his uh his third start. Yeah, the six touchdown all the, game. All, yeah. The six touchdown game against Pittsburgh. All those ones. This one is right there with it. He had the highest EPA of his career at thirty six point two. Silly. An EPA per play of zero point seven five. So every two times he dropped back to pass, they <laughs> they they added one point five points to Ugh. their to their likely uh point total or whatever uh however that expected works. yeah but ex- expected points. Patrick Mahomes was just spectacular. He he even had a, t- a high CPOE uh the completion percentage above uh, over expectation, which is which he doesn't stat- normally have that he normally uh is like middle of the pack in rather than the very top. Whenever you look at those charts where it's uh, CPOE uh, left to right and EPA uh, up and down, right? It, he's usually top middle. That's yep. so it's uh, it's very interesting how he had a pretty good CPOE compared to Lamar Jackson, who actually usually has a, a better uh, CPOE. And L- Lamar's was the exact opposite. It was terrible. For <laughs> so for people that don't necessarily do all the analytics, um, yeah. <laughs> completion percentage above expected, basically, you know, every, every depth of target that you can throw to has an expected completion percentage based on where you're throwing. So throughout NFL history, you know, deep targets, you're going to have a lower completion percentage, little stuff up front. You're going to have a very high completion percentage and, you get an overall picture of a quarterback's completion percentage versus what he's expected to, and that's his CPOE. And throughout Mahomes' career, he takes a lot of shots. He takes a lot of downfield shots. They live to see another down if he misses them, and they still usually pick it up. He's still extremely 
I mean, the best quarterback ever. But uh, his CPOE has always taken a hit from that because a lot of his deeper shots. So a lot of quarterbacks, in my estimation, take the deep shots when they're open. When they go through their progressions and they see a wide receiver streaking four steps past the DB, they're going to loft that deep ball and they're all talented enough to hit it. But Mahomes will throw that when there's a half step of separation. I mean, he will absolutely push the boundaries on the offense. So that being said, yes, he does struggle with his CPOE numbers, but last or Monday night, he was on fire. He was way over, over his CPOE just because every throw was, was working. Everything that, that, the Ravens tried and failed at the chiefs just basically slept walked and crushed. I mean, it was a offensive, just an explosion. And, and you know, this matchup with Lamar, it has been billed as the next Manning Brady. It's been billed, you know, I mean, obviously the two past MVPs, uh, the first time two 25 year old MVPs or younger have ever faced off with each other. Um, a lot of people would put Lamar, right up there with Pat as far as the most talent Patrick as far as the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL <laughs> um the NFL 100 which we'll talk about that real quick right now um the NFL 100 the the players in the NFL ranked all of the players and they put right. Patrick Mahomes fourth and they put Lamar Jackson first and big when, mistake a yeah, big mistake I mean that was you know and then from that point on it was personal for Patrick and <laughs> when he scored his fourth touchdown of the game threw his fourth touchdown of the game and he walks off and he's counting four on his fingers. And a lot of people uh, in the media and stuff at first were like, oh, oh that's cute. He's, he's counting his touchdown passes. And, and then, then Brittany's response to it. And then Brittany was like, oh, yeah, you guys can go ahead and keep ranking him fourth all you want. We love that. And that is just – that's the killer instinct. That's what he needs. It's incredible. Every, every time there's like a specific number, he, yes. he just always does that. Yep. So he did, he, did it, he did it against Chicago, and now yep. he did it here. Just, just unbelievable. Well, and that's just such a a alpha dog move. He, he, he is, he is the competitive prick. He really yep. is. Yep. And and as as good of a face as he puts on with the media and with you know everybody loves him. He's a great, great, great kid. But like you get him on that football field and he's going to rip your heart out. And that yep. was another great example of that. And speaking of rip your heart out, Patrick Mahomes versus the Blitz. Good night. 17 of 21, 219 yards, three touchdown passes, all career highs in those categories for Patrick. He the and the Ravens just kind of they they're kind of the perfect mold for him for a defense to shred. I mean, if you if you want to blitz a guy, you that works with 30 other teams in the NFL. If you send a ton of pressure on guys, they are going to well I'll, I'll throw Seattle out. There's some, you know, there's some good quarterbacks out there, but the Ravens just gave him that. That's his medicine. That's what, you know, you, you feed him blitzes like that and he will feast all night. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes against the blitz was just sending, was sending hellfire down <laughs> on the city of Baltimore. Yes. Uh, he, he had almost 11 yards per attempt, three touch, three of his four uh, touchdown passes. Uh, he was on fire against the blitz and then uh especially when uh well i not i guess not necessarily when those blitzes didn't get home even when they got home he right. was still dominating them well the one to hardman he got lit up on but mm -hmm. still managed yeah. obviously to drop a dime uh he is just is he the mvp front runner right now back i mean I, probably not I right i i would personally put him third I think Vegas has him one, but I think the collective consciousness of the NFL right now is probably Russ and then Rodgers and then Pat. Yeah, probably. that's that's the order I'd put too. Yeah, uh, R Russell Wilson is doing uh, just as well as 
first year starter Pat uh, <laughs> in terms of his touchdowns. 2018. Yeah. 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 Uh, he, he has more t- passing touchdowns than Pat did that year through three games. Yeah. He broke, he broke Pat's record. Russ has 14. Pat had 13 that year. Yep. That's that's it's quite the Ru- pace. Russ is Russ is playing out of his mind. Thanks to finally him being allowed to cook as he should be because he has the best deep ball in the game and he is the only quarterback who's in the same uh in the same galaxy as uh, as yeah. Mahomes when they're allowed to do uh what they need to yeah i um i tweeted this out earlier today but russell wilson i was looking at streaks and 39 game streaks specifically because that's patrick mahomes entire career and russell wilson's previous 39 games in adjusted yards per attempt which is a really uh, neat pro football reference stat that great stat. Yeah. It takes their passing yards and uh, touchdowns and interceptions and pass attempts and kind of molds them all into one neat number. And um, his 9.47 adjusted yards per attempt is the best over any 39 game stretch in NFL history. That's the one he's currently on. So, I mean, he is, he's as unconscious right now as any quarterbacks ever been. Russ is, is absolutely cooking. I, I like it a lot. I've never Seahawks have never bothered me. They've never really, stood in the chief's mm-hmm. way with anything, even going back to the days where they were AFC West rivals. I just, I never felt it like I felt for the other guys. So um, I, yeah. I'm really, really enjoying. Russell. Yeah. I, ne- I, ne- I never had to go through that whole Seahawks being a uh, division yeah. rivals. With yeah. The let's see. I think, so, so I don't, I don't know much about that. in O2 when Houston joined. So you were three. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't, 15, I don't know. So. I don't know anything about that of Seattle being a division rival with the chiefs, but yeah, this is, really good for the NFL to have Russell Wilson at the best of his career, Aaron yeah. Rodgers at the best he's been in Probably, at yeah, least second at best least of his career, a, at least half a decade. Yep. Minimum. Yep. 2014 Rodgers was the last time he was this good and he is certainly yeah. that good again. And Patrick Mahomes just continuing to do what he's been doing for two years now. Is so, Patrick playing the best he's ever played right now? No, was, no, I mean, no, no, no. I don't think so. You don't, I, I, I'm saying the best he has ever played. I'd still say the first two or three games of his of uh, eighteen of, his, of eighteen was his best. Man, maybe maybe, was... maybe maybe like uh, the middle of eighteen was really good as well. And then oh oh, I, I guess maybe the postseason of last year maybe. Was Correct. Yes, that those three games there, he was as unbeatable as you can be obviously I, I guess i guess i guess you have to include the super bowl so maybe not because he have uh the, true second half a, of the, he, or fourth he, quarter he, of the super bowl yeah <laughs> he, he had a couple of rough picks in that game he did. uh he did. but the, the houston game and the tennessee game uh were pretty much just as dominant as what he showed in the baltimore yeah. game maybe a little bit less i agree baltimore mahomes uh was just no oh, thing of beauty. incredible it was. Uh, it was it was it was fantastic it was it's as perfect as it can be you know one thing that a lot of people have noted with the lack of fans everywhere is the offense's comfortability and their um especially quarterbacks hard counting on the road which has really never been possible before um Mahomes obviously has an absolutely deadly hard count he is he has used that since the day he got in the league he models it after Aaron Rodgers who has a deadly one obviously um he is it's like a practice out there with no fans and he can be the maestro and direct everybody around he doesn't need to silent count he can it's really fun because it really means the more well-oiled and sophisticated your offenses are the better they are in a vacuum the better they're going to be in these environments because there's just no outside um 
you know, force on them. And it really makes, makes this Chiefs offense that was already already extremely deadly on the road, even in a crowd noise. Now they're just – they can just sit back and, and kill people. Yeah, uh, the, the hard count is – such a nice uh, part of Pat's game. He just dominates with it. He gets so many free plays with it. Yeah. And, and yeah, of course, with a quarterback who's as willing and able to throw downfield as Pat, you just, it's, it's perfect. It is. You got got Hardman, you got Hill, you got Kelsey, you got Watkins. And I guess you got Robinson who can all, who can, (laughs) who can all, who can all go downfield and, make a big play on a free play with 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 no threat of a negative and think about the pressure that a defense is on when they're facing this chief's offense you know if you're a pass rusher you know that the difference between getting a perfect jump and a not perfect jump is the difference possibly between a sack and not so when you're lined up you're a hair trigger you're ready to go the moment you smell blood and for him to go up there and be able to hard count you in your own stadium it's basically unfair (laughs) it's unfair Yeah, it's it's no different than uh, in Arrowhead at all. So, and the Chiefs gave up their first return of any kind, a return touchdown since 2010, an entire decade. This is the whole Dave Tobe era. This is the last time they gave up a special team score. The previous, this is great, the previous 10 times a Chiefs in a Chiefs game there was a special team score, it was the Chiefs who scored. So they were, over the last 10 years, have been – unbelievable at preventing that but of course uh let a kickoff go and and even with the four points they left on the board and the seven that they gave up the other way still one by 14 that's a that's a great stat to think about uh isn't that amazing the the, the chiefs with their returning uh and then of course their kick coverage is uh phenomenal has been really bright in recent years and this was the biggest hiccup they've had of course i know yeah let's see darwin left the edge a, a little bit on that he had a bad game, and, didn't he? Yeah, he he had a he had some rough moments for sure, and uh, that was <laughs> two ones oh, in particular. Man. Obviously, the missed tackle and then the fumble late when the Chiefs were trying to ice the game. I mean, I I like Darwin as a talent, and I'm sure that wasn't enough for them to never give him any more opportunities. But um, on the big stage, he if anyone on the Chiefs could say they performed the the worst out of all 53 guys it was probably darwin thompson yeah it, pro- it probably was i think he'll bounce back of course darwin's just a good player i i of course i said that he should be on the roster and i mm-hmm. will of course stand by that because yeah. darwin thompson is i think darwin thompson might be the second most talented running back on the roster D- daryl can fight for it that's fine but uh <laughs> darwin i i do really like what darwin brings but yeah this was a really rough one for him i hope he bounces back I think that's basically all I wanted to go over with the Baltimore game. Was there any other, like, you know, things that stood out to you or anything? Anything we, w- we would be remiss to not talk about here? I, I do want to give a shout-out to Damian Wilson. I was yeah. very I, – I, we needed a good linebacker performance. <laughs> right. And Damian Wilson, credit to him, gave it to us. He allowed five yards in coverage. He had a really nice PBU. Uh, he – did his job tackling, uh, forced a fumble. Yep. Very happy with yep. uh, Damian Wilson. He seems to have like two or three of those games a year, mm-hmm. but outside of those games, he's pretty iffy. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, D- Damian Wilson by default is probably the best linebacker on this team just because he has those two or three games a year, while uh, our other linebackers who get a lot of snaps uh, don't need to even name them, <laughs> uh, do not have those games and are just – really not good i don't believe willie gay got a snap did he 
Uh, no, Willie Gay got some snaps in there. He did. I, I, okay. I saw. So I saw him a few times. He didn't record uh, anything in the box score, but he must have. He must have come in at some point. Yeah, let me see. He had nine. He had nine snaps. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's trending upward for him as long out, as out, out of out of fifty six total. Okay. So as long as um, you know, as long as he can kind of get up to game speed, it is a little concerning that a second round pick would take three games to even be able to really see the field too much. But he must just kind of be. Uh, you know, Spags kind of bringing him along slowly, I guess. Yeah, uh, I s- assume so. Uh, it, it's still unfortunate because he's by far the him and Dorian are the only two guys who are are like elite, world class looking athletes on yep. the linebacker room. I agree. And they're just not getting snaps either. But yeah, uh, to I guess for more on the snap count stuff, the two defenders who got the max amount of snap counts or max amount of snaps possible. Mm-hmm. The safeties, Thornhill and <laughs> Thornhill and Matthew. Well, of course, Matthew's going to be out there for every snap. All fifty-six for Matthew and Thornhill. All right. Well, that's great news on Thornhill's health as well, because if he's able to go out yes. there and not even take a breather, that means that he is in game shape. So I'm uh, excited to see what he can do. We will, uh, when we get to the Patriots game, we'll talk a little bit more about the state of the secondary. But I did want to talk about first of all. Congratulations to Patrick Mahomes and Brittany Matthews. They are, they've announced today that they're having a baby. Great news. Uh, assuming that the timing is, uh, is known enough. It sounds like it would come in the off season. So Pat, of course, even times that perfectly. Um, obviously that's mazel tov to them. Great news there. Can't wait to see the future king or queen dominating uh, in the future. Yeah, uh, Mahomes can retire and then just hand the football to his son to take over here in 20 years, and uh, you know we'll just uh, keep on rolling. Uh, so that now we do have some injury news from this game. Uh, so Traveris Ward did play with a cast, but he didn't come in with that cast until, unfortunately. Jerry Sneed broke his collarbone like we talked about earlier. Uh, he's on IR. He's going to have surgery that, uh, this week, and he should be out. Uh, most injury experts are saying it's about a four- to eight-week recovery time. So even though he's on the IR, it's the new 2020 COVID IR where it's a three-week minimum, not the full season. Um, so one more game without Bashad Breland and a one-armed or one-handed ward and Rashad Fenton and Antonio Hamilton at cornerback. How do we feel about that cornerback room against the Patriots? Oh man, I do not like that. Specifically (laughs) against the Patriots. Uh, Against the Patriots, they might be like better uh, situation there than than other teams. Yeah, there's a lot worse matchups. If we were playing like Arizona, yeah, uh, or Minnesota right now, Minnesota Uh right now, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson killing it was was dominant. Great pick, and and you got him and Thielen together. Mm -hmm. Uh, So. I'd be a lot more concerned, of course, I guess, if they're playing Arizona. or There are a lot of dangerous wide receivers out there. I don't think the Patriots really have one. The Patriots don't really have one. So that that is a a good sign is that they're playing the Patriots when they have the biggest issue. You think Bo uh, Pete Keys gets in there at all? I I don't know. They have they haven't given him up. I guess they had Hamilton already above him for a little bit. So I'd say, yeah, it probably has to be Hamilton and Hamilton and – uh, Fenton, and Ward. Fenton on the outside and mm-hmm. Ward on the outside. Okay, so I guess they could they could Yeah, just Ward and Fenton of- will be the Okay, so I, I do feel comfortable about Ward and Fenton. Uh and Ward practiced in full. At today. least com- comfortable enough about Ward and Fenton being the starters uh, yeah. on the outside. But there's just maybe, no maybe, depth there. Maybe just give uh 
some extended slot snaps to Matthew because he already plays more slot than anything yep. else. Yep. Uh, give him a little bit more, I guess, in that regard, and hopefully yeah, they'll think, be fine. I think that's fair. I think with the safety you know, group, I, I, I don't know if I could call them necessarily deep, but there are at least enough bodies there. You know, um, I do think that Matthew will play as much in the slot, if not more than he always does. And they'll be able to kind of cover some warts. Now, if they have any types of, you know, if somebody goes down, even tweaking an ankle or something minor or whatever, if they have to take breathers in the cornerback spot, then you're really Bill Belichick's obviously going to attack those replacements very, very aggressively. Yeah, that would be the tough situation is if they have yet another injury at corner. But uh, lo- looking at Matthew, Matthew already has played 107 of 198 defensive snaps at slot. Okay. Gotcha. So he already does have more Over than half. half on the slot. Mm-hmm. So that's a good sign. It's not like you're moving him out of position. He's still playing there a ton. Uh, and then, right. yeah, I, I, I do feel comfortable enough about Fenton and Ward to where I don't think it's a massive issue. But yeah, if they have another injury, of course, then it's just a a rough one where you're yeah. you you have the potential of having a Philip Gaines versus Denver type situation, and that would be a total. <laughs> Don't remind a, me of that man. I was having a good a, night. That, that'd be a total catastrophe. That would Philip Gaines, man. No one's ever had a more appropriate last name at cornerback than <laughs> Philip Gaines. Man, dude just was burnt toast. Uh, I guess we didn't really. Speaking of burnt toast, we didn't really talk about oh. Marcus Peters as much as I thought. Now, I oh, no. personally, I I have nothing against Marcus Peters. I think he's a phenomenal talent. I think he got run out for some situations that I don't necessarily think were worthy of get, sending a guy with his type of ability away. Um, I don't wish him, you know, ill will like a lot of Chiefs fans do. But that being said, anytime your team matches up with a guy that used to be on your team, even if you like the guy, you still want to give it to him. You know, you still want to kind of – get the better of him and boy did the chiefs pick on him on monday it was really really bad from every yeah. possible standpoint you can look at yeah. uh peter's pff grade dropped almost 20 points on the season one, you mean from, on the season from that <laughs> one game uh he he was over he was about 70 before it and now he's about 51 well he got burned uh, i mean that's what so happens he, he, yeah he he got absolutely smoked 146 yards allowed two touchdowns allowed a perfect passer rating of Ooh. 158.3 allowed when targeting Ooh. marcus peters it it was totally awful for marcus i felt bad for him because uh a lot of the th- like a lot of the production against him was on perfect throws. Perfect. It's like, oh, Pat ate him up. Pat knew who he was throwing to. You know, yeah. When when Marcus said Pat knows how to give me the ball, uh, <laughs> you should never <laughs> ever ever upset no. Patrick Mahomes. And oh. the three plays that I remember specifically that just made me laugh. Number one was the absolute perfectly dropped ball to Tyreek Hill for the touchdown where Peters afterwards took his helmet off, walks through the sideline and they, they have a great shot of him from the Monday night crew. And, you know, he just looks exasperated. There's a lot of shots of a lot of defenders uh, looking exasperated after Mahomes touchdowns, but that was pretty funny. Uh, There was a big, big third down conversion late in the game to Sammy Watkins where Sammy was breaking inside, turned it back outside and had a probably a good five yard window on Peters and got an easy first down. I thought that was uh, pretty indicative of, of Peters kind of taking some chances. And then speaking of taking chances, man, that McCole Hardman out and up where Peters had the, the outer third, he had it. That was his 
uh, assignment and he peeked in. He wanted to make a play. He was probably pissed that he got burned and he jumped the wrong route. He jumped the Tyree kill underneath route and McCall Hardman burned him outside. That was just, that was Peters in a nutshell. He's a great player, but boy, does he take risks. Yeah. I think he, I think he's a legitimate top five corner and I love watching Marcus Peters play, but uh, that was, that was just a, the worst possible night for him. The only night he's had worse than that was was the infamous Michael Thomas game. So we've talked about the Chiefs' corner situation. Uh, other injury news, Alex Okafor did practice limited practice. Uh, tonight is Wednesday night, and so the injury report for tonight came out. Uh, Chris Jones was limited with a groin injury. Andy, jo- Andy Reid called it um, a little injury, so I don't think that's really – something super concerning although I do seem to remember Eric Fisher being classified as a little injury last year and that ended up lingering so hopefully uh Andy knows what he's talking about there and then of course Andrew Wiley who had an appendicitis scare and was scratched uh and Mike Remmers filled in admirably for him but um Wiley was a full participant in practice today as well yeah de- de- uh, definitely happy with Remmers at right guard and the, just the, the O-line as a whole they did a lot better in that performance and uh, especially compared to the uh, the Chargers game yeah uh, yeah they got worked in the Chargers game they allowed 16 pressures against the Chargers and they allowed five Ooh. against the Ravens uh, the Ravens are a nasty defense so yeah. that's that's a great yeah. group. so Osemele Fisher Schwartz Remmers uh, did a admiral job in the pass blocking. Uh, I still think Ryder didn't allow a pressure, but uh, I don't. Th- I think his grade might have been lower than them. Sure, but did he? But catch his job. Yeah, his job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's- Eric Fisher is going to be holding that on the rest of the offensive line for the rest of the year. They're going to be should. like, yeah, they're going to be like, Fish, you missed that block, and he's going to be like, yeah, but I got a touchdown. So like, yeah, I, I now we need a Schwartz touchdown. Yes, and we need, and we need an Osemele touchdown. Did you see Jeff Schwartz? kind of was was uh campaigning for mitch to get a touchdown that was funny afterwards he said i've i know a certain certain right tackle that uh i would love to see you draw one up for him yeah and he, he there's no ta- there's few tackles or if any that are as good as him so he yeah, is he deserves very one. deserving of a touchdown maybe they could get him some sort of hungry pig situation and get him a rushing touchdown that'd be fun too. line or, him or up a pa- and, or a passing touchdown or a passing touchdown a hungry pig flight yeah that'd be fun too here you go here's what they need to do they need mitchell schwartz to do the, the do the dontari poe play mm-hmm. where he he is uh Lines taking up. the snap mm-hmm. and he needs to and he needs to pass to assembly so now we Ooh. can have three <laughs> offensive all three offensive linemen who i want to see get a touchdown this year that's pretty good uh, with ldt out i want those three offensive linemen to be involved directly in a touchdown this year and that play would get it done there was a lot of um a lot of kind of just fun stuff about that play afterwards um Mahomes has talked about how they were really, he was really excited when the call came down and he said that he had to remind fish to go check in as eligible. Um, He said when they run it in practice, he was never guarded as well as he was as the Ravens guarded him on that play. So he, he only threw him one kind of jump ball in practice that he had to go up to get to kind of see if he could get up for it. And he could, because fish is a hell of an athlete. And so it just, it was funny to hear them talk about that afterwards and how, that was in the game plan all week. It's I, I always wonder about that type of stuff. Like, you know, when when a trick play is called, 
how far back do the t- does the team know that they're going to run at that game or that situation or whatever. And Mahomes said that when he got the playbook this week, when he got the plan for Baltimore before, I guess last week, a week before the game, um, he said he was giddy at the, the Wildcat play that we talked about earlier and the Fish touchdown pass and the Sherman touchdown pass. So that was all part of the game plan. And obviously it was executed perfection. These guys are as, as locked in as you can be. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not even like that was the only play he made. The the other 74 snaps for Schwartz went or for Fisher rather went very well. So Yeah, yeah he uh, had a great game. V- very happy with uh him and the rest of the offensive line. So, we were previewing kind of the cornerback matchup with the Patriot wide receivers. Now let's kind of go full force into Patriots week, which doesn't have as much meaning as it used to without Tom Brady. It's still a big game. Bill Belichick's still the GOAT, but it's just not quite Patriots Chiefs not like it not like it was for the two previous years Um, but that being said it's it's a huge game and the Patriots are still a phenomenal football team Uh, my first thought is who would you rather see under court under center as a Chiefs fan who would you rather face in this game Cam or Brady with the 2020 Patriots I would still rather face Cam I I I know some people are like uh, a little iffy on the way Brady's playing with Tampa Bay, but I think he's playing mostly fine. He actually has been a a victim of some drops in Tampa Bay. Surprisingly, that's, that's a surprising thing with those weapons. Yeah. Yeah. He got the weapons and he still leads the NFL and drop passes this year. How remarkable is that? So that's, that's part of why his stats are not as good as they could be is he went to new England and had all those drops. And now he goes to Tampa Bay Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they were missing Godwin for a little bit. They were, and they're going to miss him a little bit more. It, it, are they really? It wasn't he yeah. just back? Yeah, a couple weeks. They just said. Wow, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, for him then to go to Tampa Bay with these this amazing weapons, and now he's at the t- top of drop passes again. Maybe he uh, needs to throw just... a more catchable ball. <laughs> if he's got guys yeah. dropping it in New England and guys dropping it in Tampa, he's the only through line there. <laughs> Maybe so. But nah, uh, he's he's yeah. great. I I. Yeah. I respect the thought that you would rather face Cam. I think that that's Mm -hmm. totally understandable given Brady's GOAT status and and how hard those games have been for the Chiefs recently. Mm -hmm. I think in my gut, I feel like the Chiefs match up better with a Brady type of quarterback than a Cam type of quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think that that that, that might be the case. Yeah, but it might be. They're not just those types. They are, Mm -hmm. you know, Brady is obviously the best Brady type quarterback out there. Just Mm -hmm. statue pocket passer. And Cam, is he a better or worse version of Lamar? Like, I don't know the answer Um, to that. I think he's a worse version. Do you Uh, think he's a better passer than Lamar and a worse runner? Well, that's tough because like Lamar is definitely a better passer than he's given credit for. Uh, yeah. Last last year he was tied for second most uh, deep passing touchdowns, only right. behind Mahomes. But that's kind of part of their offense too. They they smash you in the mouth and then throw it over top. I mean the uh, I think that Cam, if I'm if I have to have a game winning drive, I think I trust Cam more than Lamar. Well, Lamar Lamar is definitely a worse from a a deficit like like that's true i guess that's a different question the the numbers show that is that lamar is definitely much uh less effective never overcome a 10 point deficit all that yeah when he's behind he horrible on third and long yeah uh lamar definitely needs that lead for sure but uh i i would still gladly take lamar over cam (laughs) of course you mean to face or to have on your team 
to, to have on my team. Yes, I'd, yes, I'd, I'd I would agree with that. Yeah. And age yeah. not even being part of it. Just the, yeah, the yeah. Even ignoring I mean, age, it, Lamar is just. Great. I, I agree with that. I think that what I struggle with with Cam is that you know obviously his peak was phenomenal. He had the MVP year. He had all the rushing touchdowns and stuff. I mean, he his his MVP year in Carolina was terrific. And then fell off the cliff. Some of it was injury related. He does seem like kind of a space cadet at some times. Um, but in general, I know he's still really talented. I know he's still got a ton left in the tank and you give him Bill Belichick and, and the style of kind of smash mouth running, which is the same style that Baltimore has to me is a more kind of, I don't want to say scary matchup because I'm sure everyone that plays the chiefs is more scared of the chiefs than chiefs fans are of the other team. But that yeah. being said, um, I just feel like if it's a shootout in a traditional sense from a pocket passing quarterback, I feel extremely good about that matchup. And now looking at instead of Brady and the Patriots cam and the Patriots, I just feel like the chiefs haven't really faced this type of team yet. And I'm curious, I'm very curious how they're going to respond to it. I would agree with that. I, I think that uh, Cam definitely brings a, a different uh, a different aspect to this season that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. He had he had four rushing touchdowns in the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got another two passing touchdowns to add to that. So he he's definitely a he's definitely bringing a new aspect with his like more power running compared to Lamar being very more physical. of a a, yeah. a very a speedy runner good get to the edge and all that mm-hmm. where cam will run right through linebackers and mm-hmm. defend and defensive he's bigger line than and all most linebackers stuff. dude is cam, a monster cam is massive uh so of course it, it definitely brings something new but i think the chiefs uh if they can handle lamar i yeah. think they can handle cam i feel i feel that same way who on the patriots outside of cam scares you the most is it edelman still and i mean that could be on either side of the ball i guess it would probably be okay i was I was about to say, are we only talking offense or are we talking? No, defense? I guess Gilmore then. I mean, yeah. Gilmore's still the top of the game. So that, yeah, that makes it, sense. It'd be Gilmore. So uh, after Gilmore, I'm just kind of thinking like, so usually when you match up with the Patriots, there's just a ton of superstar talent. And I'd say, I'd say the top four are all defensive backs. Like, <laughs> all four of their defensive uh, backs uh, would be the four like, best players like, on the team. You have Gilmore, you have uh, the McCordys. Yeah. And they're, you have JC and you have JC Jackson and he's great. Uh, yeah th- that's a, that's an incredible group. Yep, that is fair. I do um, I do think Edelman without Brady is a shell of his former self. I I watched him against the Raiders. I watched him. You know, I've, I I tune in on the Patriots and uh, they just don't quite have that same um, swagger like that that same like we're new england we're going to do anything to you that we want even the f- opening game against miami i felt like and they you know they won that game 21 11 it was never really in doubt but they just didn't have that it factor and maybe that's maybe that's too much narrative there and not enough analytics but um i do think that the patriots are not are are not the the team that has done to everyone in the nfl um they're not that team anymore so no, yeah, they're not. They're the Patriots are not that dynamic force that they used to be. Are they worse than the Bills? Uh, I would say Probably, yes. Right? Yeah. I would. I would say yes. I think um, so too. A, a one part of it though is that the that wow, Josh Allen has really improved so much, and yes. that they are continuing to pass the ball a lot. And yeah. uh, I, I'm very happy to see that. Of course, Buffalo is doing basically everything they can to help out Josh Allen. 
to get him at that level. And this is the first time where we're seeing Josh Allen uh, pay off like mm-hmm. in a major way. Yes. He, he is playing some really good football right now. Big props to him because I am one of the, I am a very vocal anti-Josh Allen person I think a lot of in people terms are. of like, and I, I still stand by that in the previous two years this year. Yeah there's not much you can criticize he, he's he's had his moments of course still but uh josh allen has been fantastic buffalo top five in uh passing frequency on early downs big credit to the bills the, the bills the bills are worthy and i think they will rightfully get the afc east title top four quarterbacks in the nfl in espn's qbr Number one, Patrick Mahomes, 91.8. Number two, Aaron Rodgers, 90.3. Number three, Russell Wilson, which I was a little surprised he was third, but um, QBR, uh, it's a little black box-ish as far as how they come up with it. Anyways, he's 86.2, and right below him, number four, Josh Allen, 85. So he's been been as good as anybody in the NFL so far. He has 10 touchdown passes to one pick. Um, He has 1,038 yards passing, which is second in the NFL. He's been great. And obviously, the Bills being undefeated, there's the the best – part of that for Buffalo. I mean, it's one thing to put up numbers, but um, you know, they, they have a opportunity in front of them to go win the AFC East and go win a division that has been unwinnable for 20 years. And they're clearly all in on that. And that's, that's fun to see. I like a little bit of difference um, there in the division standings. I, I'd say Josh Allen is either the fourth or fifth best quarterback. Another one, obviously, to put up there, I think, is Dak. I, I'm I'm very uh, happy with Dak. Dak leads the league in passing yards right now, mm-hmm. which is not, not that's not the thing to like. <laughs> not the number to, one. Yeah. Not, not not the thing I want to use to crown him as one of the best sure. quarterbacks in the league. But I mean, it's passing yards. He's number one. You, he's in consideration to be fourth or fifth at least so uh yeah Dak Wilson Mahomes Rogers Allen I think that's a fair top five for quarterbacks uh so that does it for the Patriots preview let's do predictions I'm gonna start and I don't see the Chiefs letting up after that big Baltimore game I know um some people think that that might have taken a lot out of the Chiefs emotionally but I'm not really a huge believer in that I think they take care of business at home um, I think Belichick's going to make things a game. It's not going to be a blowout. It'll probably be something like, I'm going to go 31-28 Chiefs, but I think that maybe that 28 might be a 31-21 score where the Patriots cut it late. I don't really, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be in a ton of trouble here, but I don't think they're going to run away with it. Interesting. I, I think the Chiefs are in a better position uh, to keep them from at a distance. I think the Chiefs will win probably something along the lines of 34 to 20 something nice. like that 34 again. to 20 <laughs> so it's, it's, just, it's just a nice score just keeps just keep, coming up yeah just keep winning it wasn't even intentional until i thought about yeah, it but you yeah. said it out yeah, loud I, and you're like why does that sound so familiar <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's just a, it's just a very chiefy score because they always put up 30 and Yep. Something like 20 is something fair for their defense. And it's two allow, touchdowns so. behind, and they've either the, yeah. chief, the defense has allowed exactly 20 in each of the first three games. It is the perfect Chiefs score. It is. I love it. Well, Sam, once again, thank you very much for filling in for Austin. He will be back next week. We will have you back as soon as we can. Um, once again, uh, everybody, thank you for listening and interacting and go check out our discord server. We've got one of those going. You can message me on Twitter at Taylor underscore wit for an invite to that. We all just kind of talk about 
the Chiefs on game day and stuff and have a good time there. Sam's a part of that with us as well. Yeah, I, I got I got to start getting involved in that. I haven't oh, I mean, gotten involved in it at all. I, I don't think anybody's <laughs> really like more or less regularly involved. People just like to yeah. check in, put some funny memes and stuff, you know, just have yeah. Have a good old Chiefs time. So thank you, everybody. And once again, it is always sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. Mm-hmm.